Alright, uh, let's see, so Brock, Jonathan, uh, Rick, and Judah. I don't think Rick wants to do the Musar study, but... He actually bought Judah his own copy of the book. But he's been, he's been working a lot, I think he's working tonight. So. He is... He has been so faithful to get every Shabbat off. He's always been here. I think he's got the best attendance record of anybody <laughs> at Shabbat since Bellatora began. And Tuesday nights he is normally always here, but his work schedule has gotten so bad. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go over uh, just chapter 18, the beginning of Chassidut, and I've got a couple of examples I'd like to bring to the table. Uh, as we go through that, and then um, and then we're going to have a little discussion. I've got a quick question for you guys. Hang on, I'm going to turn something for you. I'll be right back. It's all going to be chassid after this. So we have black coats and hats waiting for you to try on. In the other room. <laughs> Only if they're made of fur. fur cat. The beaver? Yeah, a diamond beaver. For sure. You already are in the military diamond dealer. Yeah. You're your company. I'm already in the banking industry. I think we're good there. I already sell drugs. What? I think you need to start chapter one, Colby. Clearly have not absorbed contraband. Clearly. Sorry, I didn't read that before. It wasn't allowed. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, if uh, if you got nothing on your uh, calendar, I'm going to pass this around. Uh, this basically says, view the scriptures through Jewish eyes, especially the New Testament. Do I know the guy making this talk? Is it Kaiser? <laughs> it's me. Um, so it's like a Kaiser roll. <laughs> so I've been uh, I've been invited to go back to uh, to Weddington United uh, Methodist Church, um, and that'll be a week from this coming uh, Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, the twenty first. He's, he's so. got one more shot to offend them, and if this doesn't, yeah, work, <laughs> something's well, obviously wrong. wrong. What's wrong? Yeah, did you not wear your gun out last time? I'd be there and I'd walk in with my, <laughs> the whole deal, man. My keeper, da da well, I'm actually asking for that. Um, uh, seriously, if, if uh, you know, it, it may not turn into anything, but uh, uh, they did ask me to come back. There's no, yeah, right. You know, um, they they did ask me to come back. They they do have a lot of questions. Uh, some of them are are like. Why don't Jews respond to the gospel? Why don't they believe in Jesus as the Messiah and stuff like that? Um, what do they think when we talk to them um, and so forth? So um, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it, you know, I was the only guy there last time. We got rolled deep. So the if, only if, guy there, like male or no, no, no. Oh, I, okay. I was the only guy. Representing oh. Bellets for well, you know, representing anything having to do with Judaism. Um, and I grew up in the Methodist Church, so um, there was a gentleman there whose children, his daughter, lives in like Winston Salem, and they too have this odd belief. And you know, he said that I guess to encourage me when I was done. I do uh, have this <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I believe foolishly. <laughs> three old ladies came up to me and said, uh, "There's a Jewish couple." On our block, and maybe we can have we them. Maybe we can have them call you, because <laughs> I'm sure they're interested in religious things. And I said, "Well, why would you have them call me? Why don't you talk to them? <laughs> you have the same Bible I do. What's wrong? You know that didn't go over well. So, um, at any rate, um, you don't have to come. But if you got nothing to do and you want to blow an hour, 
If you do come, all I ask is put your strings out, not in. Make it a glorious keeper that's, you know, something better than black. Untuck yeah. your payout. That's right. Untuck that payout. <laughs> right. Pull those bad boys back forward. You know. Rock the bright blue uh, keeper. I'll, yeah. I'll let the beer start growing now. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, but yeah, um, it is kind of funny. <laughs> Just diving the whole time. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, they, uh, they asked me if I would like to, I mean, it wasn't a dinner. Um, so they asked me if I would, if I would come and eat with them at the Wednesday night dinner. After choir practice? And I said, uh, well, I, 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 th I think I'd, I'd be honored to do so. And the pastor said, uh, you didn't, you didn't eat with us, uh, last time you came to speak. Of course, we did serve ham. Really? They did? And I said, really? And I said, are you serving ham on the 21st of January? <laughs> and he goes, certainly not. <laughs> I got an email today with the menu. Very cool. So at any rate. Um, Do we eat too? It is braised radishes. If you'd like to eat, you may. Um, for your particular halakha, you may not be eating a lot. They but they do. Water. They are going to have. have rolls. They'll have rolls and a lot of mushy vegetables. If you want to come, love to have you. Love to have the camaraderie there. Um, but you don't need to. But whether you come, whether you come or not, whether you come or not, I'd love to have your prayers. Um, that I might impact some. For, we should also uh, for what we believe. As well as our prayers. Thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. We'll uh, yeah. do we should, we should, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so. Um, again, to, to uh, chapter 18 in our book on uh, Chasidut, uh, this short chapter basically defined, uh, if you recall back when he was doing purity, he was disappointed that he needed to call that one purity because he really wanted to call it piety. Um, the one who loves the Creator, blessed is his name, with genuine love will not endeavor and aim to absolve himself of his obligations by merely complying. And I thought that odd uh, as I was uh, getting my, uh, my talk ready uh, for next Wednesday that oftentimes when we're talking, about pe talking to people about how we keep the commandments of God, you have to get past the nobody can keep the commandments speed bump. That one's pretty easy, I'd say. Um, but then they want to argue with you about which commandments these are. And they want to try and minimize the list as short as they can. <coughs> and, well, that's really what he's saying is like, well, we, just don't, we don't want to just comply. We want to go over the top. We want to hit it out of the park. And the famous phrase from the sages, if my love for God is demonstrated by keeping a commandment, then give me more commandments. Give me more commandments. He does a great job with the analogies, too, because I think it was in chapter 19 that he uses the father-son analogy yes. to say, if, if a son really loves his father, even if the father says something he that's implies just or just hints, the son is going to be like trying everything around that very thing to try to do as best as he possibly can to keep the father's wishes. Yeah. Someday I'd like to see that tree come down. Yeah, when I get to so let's take the tree down. Next day it's down. Well, Next day it's down. Yeah, all the trees. <laughs> the other thing that he brought out, actually that analogy is in chapter 18. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure which one. Uh, the, other, the other thing that he points out, and I think it's towards the end of the chapter, he says he's comparing chassidut with parachute. Yes. And he says parachute is going uh, beyond... Um, going beyond the prohibition. Okay. So it deals with the negative commandments. Yeah. Like, so don't do this. Okay, I'm not going to do, I'm not just going to not do that. I'm, I'm going to put a fence around. 
build a fence or I'm going to distance myself further so I'm not even doing anything that's even remotely close to that, right? And that's Pirushun, whereas Hasidut is the same approach towards the positive commandments mm-hmm. where if it says do this, okay, I'm not just going to do that. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to I'm going to find a way to broaden that positive exactly. commandment exactly. where I can. Right? With the most positive motives possible. Greg right. is uh, quoting from page 337 in the Arts World copy. Um, um, expanding observance of negative commandments while the trade of Hasidut expands the fulfillment of uh, positive commandments. Absolutely. That's that's it. And And I don't have a problem with that. I get it. I, I, you know, whether I'm there yet or not, and no, I'm not. I get it, and and I want, I want that, and and I see it. So, <clears throat> um, I was recently uh, given two questions, and uh, with regard to Chassidut, I'd like to. Uh, Review one of them with you now. Uh, couple's going on a trip, and uh, they're going to be driving a lot, so they want to. Uh, they're thinking about getting a DVD player for the car to keep the kids occupied in the back of the van. So one friend says, uh, "We'll just buy the DVD player from a from a store that's got a no questions asked return policy. Go on your your one week trip, and when you get home." So we turn the DVD play. This is on Chabad recently, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you think of that? Stealing. Why is it stealing? You've used the property. Okay. You paid for it. You paid for it, and you and used you it. you your money back. So you d- actually depreciate the property for your own selfish needs. Good. Another, another point. I always ask myself, if I was the CEO of the company, mm-hmm. what I want, and could I build a business off people doing X? And the answer is always no. Sure. Well, but you, but your 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 mindset is that your business is to sell, not to lend. Yeah. Right. Correct. And of course, you as a business owner, you recognize that it actually does cost you money, right? Because you have to pay to have it restocked. You probably can't sell it as new anymore, according to most U.S. law. So you are you are out some money. Oh yeah. Well, I guess what comes to mind is the whole concept of returning a good that you purchased mm-hmm. is is it's built around the idea that you you return merchandise if there is a problem with it, right? A flaw. If it doesn't work the way it's supposed to, if it's mal, if it's whatever, right? Yes. Then that is a legitimate reason to return merchandise. Yeah. But if you bought the merchandise, the merchandise performs as described, and there's nothing wrong with it. Then you're you're being um, uh, you're being dishonest, quite right. frankly. Right. In return. <clears throat> the Shulchan Aruch says that once a sale is transacted, it is by definition final. You now own the product, and he now has the money. And unless there's a flaw or a defect, you have no recourse. That's that's it. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. So um, while Gregory is going, try and think a little bit now according to our attitude, because he describes Hasidut in two ways in the beginning, right? He's talking about our relationship with Hashem and then our relationship man to man. Good. So, well, this, an interesting question that comes up with this is dissatisfaction, because that's typically included in the list of reasons, legitimate reasons for return. So there's nothing wrong with it at all, but it was not what you had expected. And most companies, including CEOs, would be happy to return yes. that item for that. Yes. So really what it comes down to, in, especially in here, is like the motive behind it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you were very satisfied with this product, but you, you were just satisfied enough to get as much use out of it as you could, depreciate it, and then return it, that's, no one's going to know that except you. What, what would you call that as a character trader? It's deceptive. It's, it's, right. it's very deceptive. So yeah. deceptive obviously it's doesn't intense. fall into. Because you're at the register. The initial 
purchase, you're at the register knowing good and well that you're going to be right back there in one week returning this right. item, regardless of the outcome and, of that product. And there, so now we've got deception and lying. The, the transaction was not done in good faith. Exactly yeah, right. Exactly. And I, I kind of, one of the thing, one of the ways to get around that, I feel like, is if you are dissatisfied with it, one thing that we try to do is not necessarily just get your money back and go somewhere else, the but to, item. to either get Exchange the it. same item or a different one. Because in most cases, the same item isn't going to do any good. But, mm -hmm. but it's like uh, get, still doing business with the sure. store so that sure. your, your transaction is still valid sure. with, in terms of like your business dealings with this store. Absolutely. So what we want to do is focus more now not on the relationship, but on what's wrong with that. So if somebody says to us, why shouldn't I do that? It seems like it's good stewardship. Well, I think that this goes yeah, back. says it's wrong. Well, whatever it does. This goes back, I think, to the issue of motive that we talked about for several weeks in this class. Right. Um, which is to say that, like, um, generally speaking, with some exceptions, the Torah, the first five books, is focused on our external actions. Coveting is one of the, and hating your brother in your heart are a couple of the rare occasions where it really addresses internal things. Um, the, the writings, the Nevi'im, um, and the apostolic writings are really where the, com like the commentary, as it were, comes into play to explain kind of what this guy's doing to say that if the action that God doesn't like is lying, you know, outright, blatantly telling a lie, then deceiving someone is essentially the same thing. And that's also prohibited. And so you kind of get the, the, the draw out. In other words, it's like, so um, if God doesn't, like Yeshua does, you know, if, you, if, if killing someone is wrong, then thinking about killing someone because you hate them is also wrong. You know, that kind exactly. of concept. Exactly. So we sort of see that here, too, where, like, the motive of, of doing this deceptive practice is actually the, the primary thing that makes it right or wrong. Exactly. Which is a big deal. We talked about that even with, like, Shabbat. Like, if I you know, tie my shoes with the intention of leaving the knot in for 36 hours, then that's a problem. But if I tie my shoes and plan to untie them at the end of the day, that's okay. Or if you do something and you recognize that someone has noticed your actions and you're more vehement in doing them now because somebody noticed, it's wrong, wrong motives. Right. So, uh, pseudo. Yeah, pseudo. That's right, pseudo. Yeah. Pseudo. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was just listening pseudo -pious. to the Proverbs today, and they highlighted the fact that the hypocrite destroys people with his mouth. Hmm. I thought it was so intriguing hmm. because we would always flip it around. We would always say that the hypocrite says the right thing and then does the wrong thing, and it's the doing that's that's damaging. Yeah. But the the proverb seems to indicate that it's the saying the right thing and then not backing it up that's actually what's most destructive. If he said nothing. No one would care. Exactly. I, I, I don't know if it's the uh, Code of Jewish Law or not, but, but Chabad had mentioned in their article, in their response to this question, that a Jew should never ask for the price of an item unless, unless he, he intends, intends to, to purchase it. it. Otherwise, he is damaging his fellow because he is raising his hopes that he will make a sale when he has no intention of buying it. That's deception. And that's what we're talking about tonight. That there's a, there's a much broader question of what we're doing and why than most people would even think about. I love the opening of chapter 19 as he says, if uh, some harm threatens the body of your fellow, wear a handgun. I mean, it was right there. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but he's... Oh, he's, he, Yeah. He's making it clear... That if, if your fellow's going to be harmed, you have an obligation. Now we're going more from man to Hashem to man to man. You have an obligation to protect him. Um, I am reading, by the way, in case you think I'm making that up, um, on well, page two, 341. Well, those two things that you just mentioned, those are the two levels. Yeah. Like, it's all concerning... Right, one Shem. one level or the other, exactly. exactly. Like we would look at the uh, the to, ten words. I have a question about that. Yeah, like um, if we consider ourselves like volunteer policemen, yeah, in the world. So let's say, and I just thought, man, I'm leaving Target, mm -hmm. strapped, and I'm like, what if, like, I'm going down the stairs and like I'm outside, fifty feet, and I see 
mask guys go in. Mm-hmm. To what? Target. Target. Yeah. Um, so Masked or masked? Let's just say robbers. Robbers. Let's just thieves. say I know for a fact they're ISIS terrorists Hoodlums. about to Hoodlums. Yes. kidnap people in Target, hold the place hostage. Yeah. Or masks. Take heads off. Yeah. So the question I had in my mind is would I run back in, find a nice little hiding spot, call a cosplay, like, yo, you already got a guy inside. I can end this now. But, <laughs> um, or do what I do? I just hey, like that's not my role. Do I just call the police and? Yeah. Well, you should yeah. not stand idly by your brother's blood. He's right. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there. I don't think there's any question what the answer should be, and it's one of the ways that, one of the reasons why I carry. And when the young lad came up to me on Shabbat and said, "Why are you carrying that gun?" To protect you. He smiled and walked away. So someone here, or it was somebody from on the camera? Oh, no, no, it was a, it was a young kid here. Oh, cool. Um, the concept we learned about as one of the 48 ways of acquiring Torah. A vote 6-6. I didn't have a question. Bearing the burden of one's fellow. <laughs> Do you run back in the store or not? Moi? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would run. Um, I would... He would, he would like a prance back. <laughs> I would skip. I, would, fire, I mean, that's, like that's part of the training that I'm in is how does one person respond to a multiplayer attack? Yeah, multiplayer attack. Right? Um, so mm-hmm. you and I are, yeah, are doing the Winchester <laughs> NRA challenge so that you and I have the ability to take a fairly long distance shot that is accurate. I think that that kind of practice is one of the things that we need to do so that we can better protect those that God brings across our path. Um, I'm, I'm definitely into the, I'll take them out one at a time from the back bird to the front bird so that they don't notice. I carry a silencer everywhere I go. You might want to consider that. Um, so you run back in the store. I would, I would go back in the store. I don't know that, that I would run. I'm sorry? How do you conceal the, the silencer? Pants. Um, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a gun bag with me, and it's on the outside, and you can't really tell that it's not a water bottle. Okay. Yeah, but it, it's Sometimes actually shaped like a water bottle. bottle. He just screws it onto the front. Are you serious? Are you being silly? He's being silly. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Every, I think everything we should do should should lead to that. So we need to bear our fellows' burdens. So if we know that they're going back into the target. They already have a burden, and we are certainly aware of it. And the burden is those hoodlums. I think it's important to assess because yes. your life is more important than the others inside. I don't know that I would agree with that. Did you get to the ethics class? Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. I mean, Judaism. Judaism would say that. Yeah. that our life is greater. Wrong. Love has no well, man than this that he laid down his I life for his you. friends. Now, the only caveat I have on that one, and this because my wife and I had this conversation one time months ago, is what do you do as us? I mean, if you're like the single guy who, uh, you know, you can be Rambo and go in and save the day, per se, but if I died or you died or, heaven forbid, he died, I mean, we're talking about an unbelievable tragedy at home. Right. So it's I think like if any what, man dies, it's a tragedy. Well, I know. But, but, but there's, certainly the balance, there's certainly the balance that we need to take with regard to our responsibilities. But we cannot, as he said, stand by idly and just let it happen. If anything, you're going to pick up the phone and call 911. Right, right. That's, that's, you that's, that's, that's what I think the first That's response. the first response. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, in any training, that's the first thing. You want to get other people there to help. You know, and if I've got, if I see one guy go in and I can see that he's armed and it appears that his intent is un, untrustworthy. Pull out your piano. The odds are in your favor. But I'm probably, like there's, there's six guys go now. in. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I will situation. probably go in after dialing 911, but just to act like a regular tourist right? Um, so that I can be on the inside. But that's a that's a personal decision. we got to do something, I think. Right. The I, I, I just nominated me first to go back in there the you store. Go. I did not. You have a daughter. You're also in the list. So, so concerning physical matters, Hasidut entails that one should strive to help every person, however he can, and lighten their load from upon them. This is the concept we learned in Avot 6.6. Bearing the burden of one's fellow. Also, if some harm threatens the body of his fellow, and he is able to prevent it from striking or to remove it after it is struck to avert further harm, he should exert himself in order to do so. To just walk away and ignore it, I think, would be an absolute right, no, sin. Absolutely. Right? I, so we I, all I, agree I, there. I 
Yeah. The sum of all this, he says, is the practice known as Gemalut Chasidim, bestowing kindness. That's in chapter 19, and I'm going ahead, but um, also included in this category is the pursuit of peaceful relations between people. So, you've got the making peace, you've got the bearing the burden, helping the others, and all of that. So, back to the buying in order to just return it. Others may, but that's just not what we do. Amen? Amen. Yes, sir. I had a question regarding one of the things that I saw in here. Um, page 30, 332 in the Art Scroll Edition. Um, it, after the, uh, in the same paragraph as the pseudo-Chasidim thing, it mentions Hiroshim. And is that the same as our Prushim in the Apostolic Scriptures? It's not. He's he's referencing people who parachute practice, practice parachute. Okay. Or parushas. But it could be the. It the could be the same. Called that. Yeah. Okay. It's very very similar. Yeah. Just, yeah. The word is the, is the yeah. same. They Prushim. definitely the parushim got their name from that. Um, That's what the separate. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same deal. Okay. Yeah, same that was rather interesting. That he, um, um, Yeshua and Paul would agree with this guy on the fake saints um, because he makes a point of saying that that they people tend to believe that saintliness consists entirely in the reciting of many supplications and lengthy confessions and exaggerated wailings and bowings and an esoteric flagellation flagellations and thrashings of one another yeah um, so that's uh, it sounds very much like um, Paul's critique of the um, ascetics of his day. Yeah. Who or, were in that direction, or Yeshua's comments about, you know, do not think that if you say many words, God will hear you more. Right. Uh, and it's, I think it's the way that, uh, you know, the, the monks are portrayed in a lot of those older movies, you know, you know, whipping the backs of their backs. Or they tighten the belt on their thigh. Yeah. Uh, With yeah. the things. Oh, that. I hate that. Hurts. Yeah. That's the worst. So, so, the, the, what they, they, they didn't say hurts. that that's, like, not right. all bad. Right. It's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a it's an auxiliary the ice function snow thing. I mean, that could probably help with some chaparit for sure. <laughs> focus, yeah. You know? But this is a self-induced focus. Yeah. That's right. It's not like you in the snow. <laughs> well, what I do like about this it's whole snowy. section, and I felt like this is easier for me than the negative commandment section. Um, the positive stuff. He makes a point going into this. This is this is bonus points. Yes. This is not meeting the, the the standard. This is going above the standard. Right. And he also said prior to that, it's not for everybody. Right. And I do appreciate, I feel like the positive commandments is so much easier to see the idea of it going above and beyond. Because I think that as, as a son, I get that so much more. Because I feel like for the most part, like, that I can think of, it's pretty rare that, like, my dad would say, don't do something. And I would try to figure out all the related don't do things that might be related to that. So, like, well, he said not to... You know, Touch the stove so I won't get in the kitchen. Right, exactly. And so it's like it's much harder for me, I think, to wrap my mind around that and to emotionally. You now, like I can, ment- I can mentally understand it, yeah. but like emotionally connect with it. But this is definitely easier because it's like, well, I get that because it's like anytime you know your wife says, oh, "I really like that song," and you're finding it on iTunes as fast as you That's can. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand that that approach to it, and it definitely seems. Um, I guess at some level, it, this may sound silly, but it almost seems easier. Well, I think mentally, at least for me, Jonathan, uh, Joshua, Joshua. I, I, I think exactly what you're thinking. It seems to be easier for me to demonstrate my love by doing rather than not doing. <laughs> right. right? I mean, it's just mentally easier for me to go, you're looking for this? I'm your guy. And I don't want, I and I don't know if like yeah. I may be missing something here on getting the order out of whack because obviously he put the negative commandment section first for a reason. But I would have to say that like if to me, just from a like I've been one of the things I've been focusing on lately is trying to increase my joy in keeping them in spot before I like overburden myself with too many things and then just get discouraged. True. So um, one of the things that I found about this, and chapter, I started reading chapter nineteen, haven't finished it yet. But one of the things I really enjoyed about that whole section is it's like it's so, I feel like it's so much stuff it's easier to get excited about, you know. It's like you can you can it can it really it does increase your joy to sure. find ways to do sure. more as opposed to finding the things to do less. But I think the reason why he's got the negative stuff first is because 
as you get more involved here mm-hmm. with Hashem, um, you got to be absolutely above reproach. No hint of evil. No false anything. And and he mentioned a couple of things there that I thought were telling. Okay, um, and it had to do with position, rather than necessarily. Um, spiritual uh, heights or whatever, you know, but position. Um, If a man in my position, the sage says, were to do this, big mistake, big problem, because it just looks bad. bad. Mm -hmm. And I read that again recently when I was at the range. It was my turn to do the safety briefing. And I'm all there with my little cool vest on, and there's four guys to take this little, you got to hear, hear me talk for an hour, you know. And uh, while we're waiting for them to come in and do their paperwork and everything, there's a couple of the other guys from the range standing around me. At the beginning of the month, I put a $5 bill into the bucket for the sodas and waters and everything that's in the fridge. Each drink is 75 cents. The money goes to the junior rifle team. So I put $5 in at the beginning of the month, and I maybe take one bottle of water a month. So I'm covered. You got credit. I got credit. And I know I got credit. And I opened the the door, and I pulled out a water, and I popped it open and started drinking it. And there's three guys watching me. And I thought to myself, I just blew it. I have no cash with me, and they don't know. And a guy in my position can't afford to take advantage of the fact that I put $5 in there before. So I get why the negative stuff needs to be first. You have to be so above reproach and not wanting to even come close to violating any of the negative things before you're just going to start going above and beyond on the positive things, I think. You got two before you. Make it quick, because you're you're dovetailing. I can tell. I'm dovetailing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I guess couple couple thoughts. One is um, going back to the concept of tikkun, uh, tikkun alam. Many? If we violate a prohibition. Yeah! Yes! Yeah, it is. There it is! All rise! Sorry, Ooh, sorry gentlemen. Sorry. Gentlemen. Hello, hello. Man. Hey, man. Hey, man. How y'all doing? Oh, man. I missed you guys, man. Oh, man. Blessings, blessings. You do not understand how grateful I am. Yes, sir. See you guys. Ah. Yeah, you got another one, man. Oh, my bad, bro. My bad. Yeah, man. Actually, tearing down the world, right? You're working against the reason we're here, right? Yeah. Um, If you don't violate any prohibitions, but you also don't do any positive vote, you trade the status quo, right? You know, you're you're just taking up space, (laughs) using my oxygen, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, And then, to the extent that we do and we engage in positive commandments. We are partnering with Hashem Amen. to repair the world. That's cool. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> but there's also a line of thinking, and I haven't decided where I, I haven't decided where I right, how so, I check so, out on this. So just give us your current view. Well, I don't have. A view. I'm still forming <laughs> no current view. But there's there and there and it's based on a interpretation of the Torah. Yeah. That. If you violate a prohibition, that is a sin. If you do not do a the positive commandment, that's not a sin. I I my person my current view is 
That's true. There's I, I a positive think, I, commandment to wear the, the strings. Right. But if I don't wear the strings, I haven't broken a command. Right. And all the time-bound but, commands are not even imposed upon the women. Right. But, but, but so then, for example, if you say the positive commandment to sanctify the Shabbat, right. right, does that mean if we are not sanctifying the Shabbat, you know, so some of the positive. Yeah, yeah I get you. You, you know, got a, you got some gray. There's some weighty matters yeah. in there that you know. I, yeah. But I, I kind of am leaning towards that. Yeah, if if I'm doing things that God definitely said not to do, that is sin. You, you've you've got a sin if, thing. If He's asked me to do some things, and I'm not doing them, then I'm certainly not living up to my full potential right, right. in my relationship with Him. Yeah. But I am not. Uh, I'm not working against him. I'm just not necessarily like, helping. You, taking up the oxygen. Again. Right. That's good. That's good. Good concepts. I had two. You were one, and you were one. No. Now you were one. It was Johnny and I. All right. So you go first, Sweet. and then Johnny. So one and of the the cool stories that Colby once shared on his travels to D.C. or New York or wherever where he. Went all the frequent went all these orthodox shuls and got all these amazing stories. Was well, he? Um, I think he shared this degree, but I don't think you mind me sharing this. Um, so <laughs> we'll know in a minute. <laughs> so the uh, he was in he's getting ready to board a plane, and he just happened to see this rabbi there in the airport. And he goes up, and they strike up a conversation, and it turns out they're sitting next to each other on the plane. Um, on the way up there, but before that, um, they or somewhere during that trip, they stopped and were in this like, you know, those flight clubs. I think um, we'll talk about flight clubs. <laughs> we'll talk about flight clubs. So, and Very there was like similar. a buffet. There. <laughs> there it took a, a second for everybody to get the joke, guys. <laughs> yeah, I got you. There was, there was a buffet there, and the uh, Colby was like, "Hey, can can I eat this? And can I eat that?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, you can eat that. I can't eat that." And it was like, well, it, it wasn't something like tray for anything like that, but right. it was just interesting because he was a black hat rabbi, right. and he's like, because I have on the black hat, I can't eat that. But you, you don't have on a black hat. It's, it's, a, it's, it's technically not not kosher, right. but it's just not to the level where I am. Right. Where if I were to eat that, it would look bad. Exactly. So that an appearance would, of evil. It, it that had a profound impression so on great. me. I was like, I want to, I want to get to that place. Amen. Amen. Someday. Did you know you're already at that place? I don't mean to lift you up and get you puffy or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, men look up to you in the community. Certainly the boys do. So, But even some of the men. And you're sitting in the... I look up to everybody. I look up to them. But you're sitting there and you're careful about who you're going to sit next to. You're careful about who you're going to ask to read. You're careful about how you do it. You take that. You're at a level and you recognize other people who come to visit may do this, but you cannot. And you realize that. Praise God. God bless you. Keep it up. My big thing lately has been, since we're learning so much, is just try to keep things as simple as possible. And... To me, I just try to boil stuff down to, okay, is this uh, one of the big ten, or is this something really simple that everybody knows? And a lot of what we're just now discussing comes back to uh, not taking Hashem's name in vain. Hmm. If, you ought, if, you are, if you are simply abiding by that principle, then most of these missteps or, or things will not take place. Well, on the negative side, I think you're right. The positive side is going to take some study. Yeah, sure. On the negative side, absolutely. to just keep you away from those lines and be more back where the fence is. Peter? Yeah. Toby? Um, at Nehemiah. the end of days, no. <laughs> from, from what I've read, there will be a judgment and accounting. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. typically we think judgment, everything done bad, like boom, measure. Um, but from what I was reading, it's a judgment and an accounting. So you'll be judged on everything you did bad, 
and you will be held accountable for the things that you that you had time to do good that you didn't do good. So there's a time where you're where you're neutral, so you'll be held accountable. Well, you were here on the internet for ten minutes. You could have studied Torah, ding. Um, and then it was like, well, you were um, doing this sin, and in that time, that took a total of twenty minutes, plus the like four hours of regret afterwards. Like <laughs> therefore, yeah. it's a ding. There's you're accounting for that. So. Uh, what I was reading is a judgment and an accounting. Right. So it seemed to indicate. And certainly, both. the master says that you will give an account for every idle word. Mm. Is that Paul? Yeah. Well, no, that's the message. Yeah. So just to dovetail, mm-hmm. it just sure. seemed to be both. Yeah. So, so both sides of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm dreading the video playback. Wow. I'm really hoping it's a yeah. private show. Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. So my, what is this great cloud of witnesses doing here right now? <laughs> Super awkward. We're all going to be Thanks, Pete. <laughs> anyway, Pete's going to be was on, as I'm catching up, but on Joshua's point about good first versus bad first, because he's done that the whole book. He's done the bad first, and then the good. Right. So the um, right. negative comments and the positive comments. But like you were saying, it kind of makes sense. Like if you are doing an extra over the top thing while at the same time sinning on a different area of life, that would be completely stupid. Yeah. But then also it follows the dictum in um, in the Torah, which says, or in the Psalms, to, uh, turn from evil and do good. Just the order of that. Well, I mean, it's like if, if somebody comes to me and says, you know what, I think I want to start separating meat and dairy. Can you kind of kind of talk me through that? Help me, you know. But I know the guy's sleeping with his right, neighbor's exactly. wife. Right. Or eating like, pork. No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> one at a time, bro. That's you gotta stop one at a time. You, you, gotta, you, know, <laughs> you got the wrong. Brother, let's start over here. You know, we'll get to separate meat and dairy at some point. Maybe. Why buy the cow if you get the milk for free? I get it. Yeah. Very good. And so, and so what the other thing was Mr. Apple's point about negative commandments or response commandments. And that's an interesting perspective. I think he's completely correct. Uh, in his non-current view, um, <laughs> the, uh, non-formulated. So yeah, the alter- you get you get half a mental point for yeah, that. I guess so. I'll take what I can get. The altar really has interesting perspective in his Igoret um, Teshuva, yeah. the letter of repentance, where he makes a compelling argument that um, although negative, maybe what I think what you said is true, but then which is more serious and. You know, our brains think the negative one is more serious, but yeah. it's actually the positive one. The neglected positive commandment is more serious. And he explains it all, and I don't remember his full proof, but it, every commandment is like a rope from you to Hashem. It's a connection. Right, connection. Sure. Um, and so when you when you do a, uh, an act that goes against the negative commandment, you're cutting a rope between you and Hashem. Um, and then when you repent, you tie it back. Um, but there, there's not ropes for the positive commandments, but they're like these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they'll a lot of times use that phrase, like when you're in the Shulchan Aruch or in the Talmud, like um, when you miss, like the, during the day, you miss the time to say Shema or something. Like right. you pass a certain point, they're like, and you're like, this cannot be undone. You're like, it's, it's, he's hosed now. That's right. You have to wait until tomorrow. Never, ever or, or you know, if you're paranoid about violating the 39 Malachot, so you just resolve to just stay in bed all, sh- all Shabbat. Right. Because yeah. if I just lay here, you know, yeah. I think I'm good. in the dark, you know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. It is the day of rest and all. And that's but, but, urinating all over yourself. So yes, you may avoid the risk of violating <laughs> the prohibition, but you have also ensured that you've missed the opportunity to actually sanctify the Sanctuary. Shabbat to, to assemble exactly. because it is all a convocation, etc., etc. So there's there's repair for the negative commandments. There's no repair. For and it's, right. There's no repair for the positive ones um, because you missed your opportunity. All you can do is kind of feel stupid about it. But the negative ones, you actually get a closer connection with Hashem post-repentance. Yep. Just like when you tie a, a rope with a knot. It's now shorter. It's now stronger and shorter. Um, than previously when it was when it was whole, mm-hmm. so um, it's definitely a big deal to skip out on the positive. Well, it, it, uh, study. It, it it brought up a conversation with with my daughter Mary 
uh, in these uh, time between the troubles. Three, <laughs> three remaining weeks. Three and a half years of uh, these are the times. of the beginning of the book, where he talks about being in a narthex or a oh, vestibule, yeah. and that vestibule Waiting. is this present world, the Olam Hazeg. And you've got to walk across the vestibule to get to the doors of the great banquet hall where you will meet the king. Mm -hmm. And the only time that you can prepare to meet the king is in this vestibule. And once you get across the room, the doors are going to open. The only time that we can do mitzvot is right now. And as Pete just pointed out, if you're walking across the room like there's no reason to be in this room and just trying to get to that far door. We're not trying to get to the door at all. Right. You miss that whole opportunity mm. in order to draw closer to the one you're waiting to meet. Mm. And so. In Pirkei it talks about saying the bedtime Shema. And it says, um, you should say the Shema without Kavanah in the correct allocated time versus waiting till you get concentrated. Let's mm -hmm. say it's like 3 a.m. Yeah. You already passed like the second right. hour of dawn. Right. Um, you're done so. So it's like whatever you do, you, 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 you can't fulfill that. Right, anymore. right. So, so do everything you can to fulfill yeah. the mitzvah. And he talks about getting beyond this, you should at least end up getting to the point where you are running yeah. to, to, to do the mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Alacrity, um, yeah. ironically enough, from what I have learned, a lot of times the positive commandments or, or, or things like this that are sort of above and beyond the positive commandments are means for rectifying or demonstrating repentance for violating the negative commandments. Mm. So like if you go through some of the lists about things that you can do, I mean, even it's a simple thing. If you've ever read through like the rules for if you forgot to say this blessing during the prayers because you forgot what time of the year it was or, oh, it's Rosh Kodesh and I forgot that one. There's all these, little, all these extra things you say. Right. Like some stuff, you miss it, and that's it, and you're done. You can't say it. But there are other ones where, like, you, you have, like, an extra blessing you say to make up for it, um, so to speak. So and it's kind of the same concept in other things as well. Like the sages have said, like, if you violate this sin, but you do this instead, that's, like, how you demonstrate repentance for right. breaking this one. Right. Exactly. There are compensatory that's right. blessings. I've got a question. Yes, sir. So a lot of this is, like, I don't know if we're going to get here, but this is all talking about how if you offend Hashem. Um, but, like, when you offend your fellow man, how do you, like, is that, is that as easily repaired? Um, or, like, what, what are the steps for that? And, like, what are some potential violations that we could incur, like, on a practical level? Things to be aware of, <coughs> like, in our community and... Um, just kind of bringing it down from theoretical to like, well, what should we actually be aware of, um, and how, and if we, if people have done that, apart from waiting till that one part of the year during a little, yeah, uh, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say. Uh, I'll just kick it off by saying that um, there's nothing I desire more than to be at peace with everybody in this room. Right. And to make sure that I have not offended anybody in any way. And if anything, I've gone over the top to try and make sure our relationships are good and there's no offense. Um, I, would be, I would be hurt if there was an offense that somebody was holding on to that I didn't know about in as much as I spend as much one-on-one, -on -one, personal, close to kind of time with each person here. I would be hurt to find out that there was something sure. that somebody was carrying. And I think the Master gives us some really good counsel in this regard. If you're on your way to make sacrifice, mm -hmm. and you realize not that you wronged somebody, but that your brother actually is carrying a grudge and has something against you, yeah. because you may not have done anything, Put it down. Go and make it right. Remember, we are always wrong. It's our fault. 
we got to make it. We got to make it. It's our responsibility. Absolutely. To give. Because if, especially if we're starting to consider ourselves not in a prideful way, but trying to step up the ladder of spirituality so that we're actually trying to do more good than just regular good, well, who would be the one that's going to reach out and make sure that we got it right? I would think that's our responsibility. And we should, I think, regularly say and ask, are we good? Is everything all right? How are we doing? What can I do to help you? How can I pray for you? I, by the way, I think if you ever ask that, you should have a post-it note and a pen ready, and you should stick it in the back of your sitters that you've got it. You, then you. Um, one of the things where I think that we should all be very careful, I mean, we're all stepping it up so much in terms of our observance and things like that, but there's a cool story that I read in um, a, uh, a study by the uh, Chofetz Chaim, mm-hmm. and he's like the master of proper speech, and in it, he tells us a story about this guy who was going around the community spreading lies about the local rabbi mm. and overcome with guilt over what he had been doing. He approaches the rabbi and says, Rabbi, I'm so sorry. What can I do to make it up? To which he prescribed the pillow one. And for those of you who haven't heard it, he said, take two feather pillows, slice them open, scatter the feathers to the wind. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. So he runs out, does that as quickly as he can, rushes back to the rabbi and says, okay, anything else? I want you to go gather up all the feathers now. Mm-hmm. And to which the guy realized it's, it's pretty much impossible mm-hmm. to, to do, undo certain things once they have been done. So if that doesn't impact you on some level... Just the the um, your impact is broken. To which your speech. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is why James said, you know, if you're able to control this little fellow right here, this one little muscle, absolutely, you get the whole body under. Control. Absolutely. So, um, it, the guy did have the right intentions of going to him and saying, "What can I do to make it up?" After being overcome with severe regret, but just remember, you know think before you act or even speak because there are certain things that cannot be undone. There are always, whether they can be undone or not, there are always consequences to our sin. Absolutely. Always. I feel cheated. Come on. I feel cheated. It was on the, um, we were talking about healing your man-to-man relationships. There's in the Pirkei which it's often misunderstood, but it's something like... um, he who's liked by his fellow man is liked by heaven, mm-hmm. which could be con- con- misconstrued to be a people pleaser. Right, right. But it has to do with this concept yeah. of making your peace with keeping your fellow peace. man. Yeah. Your peace with with heaven. Yeah. Your name unto. Well, earlier, um, like you mentioned James earlier, and then you were talking about the positive commandment. You talked about the ne- the neglect of the positive commandments. Uh, James speaks of that. I think it's James or a letter in First John where he speaks of to him who uh, knows to do good but does not do it. For it's him, it is sin. It's James. It's James. knows to do good. And then in the Torah, in, uh, I think it's Numbers 15, where he talks about, um, I know here in Hasidus, it talks about an ignorant person not being able to be. Right. Uh, Got to know the law. Or, yeah. But like how ignorance, um, you're actually kind of forgiven for ignorance. If the assembly doesn't know that they've committed a transgression, mm-hmm. once they know, right, they gotta make it right. They have to make it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. isn't that man, the axing, axing of the cow in between? Yeah, the two yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good, good. Yes, sir. So, well, before we wrap up, the, there was this particular chapter had that interesting thing about thoughts, and I remember it may have been during the discussion that we had about envy and coveting, when Mr. Upham, I believe, you said you had. A phrase from Peter, I think, memorized that like anytime there was a thought that came to mind that you thought this is probably not right, you would kind of like say it. Take every thought captive. Take Yeah, which which I thought was so cool. But anyway, because I was thinking about that and how you know thoughts are probably one of the harder things to control, especially mm-hmm. if they're influenced mm-hmm. by however much mm-hmm. you're consuming throughout mm-hmm. our world. You know, and it's hard because it's kind of like that concept where you say. 
hey, don't think of a blue elephant. You know, right. that's the first thing you think of. So when you think, don't think bad thoughts, you're kind of like thinking of bad thoughts as you're saying that to yourself, you know? And so it's like, I, I was going to ask, sort of generally speaking, some practical tips on ways of countering mm. any, any like wandering thoughts, even idle thoughts. We don't even have to go like, you know, to, to levels beneath mm. us, but, you know, just idle thoughts. What, what do we... Memorize scripture comes right to mind. Nachman says you can only think about one thing at a time. <laughs> so when you find yourself thinking about something, as soon as you find yourself thinking about something, just think about something else. Focus as hard as you can on something else. Mm. And it will, the other thing will go away. It has to, by definition. Because you can only think about one thing at a time. Right. Currently yeah. I'm thinking about talking to you. <laughs> My experience has been that usually if I ever try to fight the thought by like arguing with it or it disagreeing with it, it, it usually it gets stronger, not, not lighter. Um, uh, one thing that I've been doing lately that I think is helping, but it's still early, so give me a, few, a couple months and I might tell you, that was a disaster, don't do that. But um, I think the sages actually encourage this, is meditation. Because meditation is controlled thinking. You're focusing either focusing on something or focusing on nothing or whatever. But either way, you're trying not to let your mind wander. And so I'm doing small bits, like five minutes in the morning. And I feel like it has definitely improved my ability to get focused. Not to say that I'm necessarily more focused. <laughs> still working on that one. But I have like a better, more of a tool to use because I, le- I practice pushing things out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And that really helps like yeah. with prayers and things. Another thing is also... Don't um, spend any time with Peter. <laughs> one other thing, uh, he's, he's been a really good influence on this one. Um, one other thing that we also have, uh, if you think about like from a work perspective, like your employer doesn't want you daydreaming. And your employer, it, it, depending on the job that you do, you probably have certain pieces of information you can't share with just anybody. So like those are good examples of things where like you have to be watching what you're thinking about and watching what you say um, in those contexts. So when God says like don't talk about business on Shabbat, it's like the same thing. So I can't mm-hmm. go home until my wife, hey, yeah, so-and-so did this, you know, in our company because I work in, a, in an area where I have stuff that's restricted. Um, even, even within family, I can't say anything. Yeah, of course you can't do that regardless of whether you're in that kind of business or not. Well, but the point... But we get right, your point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get my point. So, like, in the same way, then you kind of, you kind of just apply, reapply those, those skills that you're putting into... And I guess it goes back to my first point. Just say, like, if you want to get better at focusing and concentrating, it takes practice. And I, I kind of learned that the hard way because I kept thinking that I would just get better at it, and I don't. <laughs> and Joey, it's over for me. I was just going to say there are a couple things that I've been doing lately, and Baruch Hashem, they've actually been working. Um, I've just, I would say within the last three or four months, I've had a lot more success with pushing, um, invading thoughts as they were, especially during prayer time, which seems mm-hmm. to be when I'm most vulnerable to them. Seriously. Um, Wow. Yeah, there's there's two things. Um, one of which is to simply ignore what it is, because you can tell that there's moments where, you know, obviously when it just kind of creeps in, it hasn't flooded your entire mind at the ju- at just yet. So before you even give it a chance to really manifest, you just oh, I'm praying. I don't have time for that. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. literally ignoring it. And then another one that I I learned from. Um, like some really neat Kabbalistic teachings is just to really repeat to yourself that I was created by you, Hashem. And continually repeating that, you realize Hashem's love for you. You realize, it, it leads you to think about nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. And, and you're focused on uh, Hashem's bounty in your life. You're focused on if you if you allow it, something so minute is just every breath that you get to inhale. So, just focusing on the fact that I was created by you, Hashem, that would automatically remind you of, oh my gosh, what's my purpose here? This this does this doesn't even have any place in my in my life. So what, so what, I'm, what you I'm, just did, the first one, is taking the thought captive, yeah. and the second one, is meditating, and concentrating on that mantra, if you will, or that yeah. phrase. Two excellent ways, and, and that's... I, what, were I you reading, what were we reading that, that said to do that? Mm-hmm. It's like 39 Jewish, books that say it. Jewish medis- meditation? meditation? Yeah, Jewish meditation? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I can say that with, from personal experience, those two things have been Amen. abundant, just amazingly successful for me in the last three months. First of all, yeah. you don't have to be like super guilty about a thought that's popping up. 
because the thoughts come from the heart, which is where the animal soul lives. As long as you just squelch it, as soon as it comes up, you're not drawing it, you're good. Mm-hmm. But one thing that Chazal taught me while I was a couple months ago was that if any thoughts come up, especially during prayer, because that's when the most thoughts <laughs> and especially like inappropriate thoughts, like super inappropriate thoughts, that a physical thing you can do is you, um, you jam your toes into the ground. You just like push hard your toes into the ground. <sighs> And uh, it Make fists with your toes? It works absolute wonders. I do it regularly. <laughs> like, you just, when you push your toes into the ground... Like, like in the earth? Like, like you just stand... Foot or just wherever you're Just at. wherever you're standing. Okay. While you're praying, you just push your toes uh-huh. into the ground. Gotcha. Uh, the thought just immediately leaves. Like, no, it's just gone completely. And it's like, where the heck did that thought That's go? So it cool. just pushed it into the ground, basically. You know, it's funny <laughs> that you say That's that, awesome. because, like, sometimes when I would have trouble with that, too, like, in prayer, like, I would sometimes, like... Um, yeah. dig, my, dig my fingernails into my yeah. palm or, or yeah, just punch myself in the face <laughs> this is a lot easier just, I just twist my wrist and the, and the filling tightens up so hard and it's, it's yeah. probably the same that's guy so yeah, cool. that's like, that's that's not, I'm not weird that's great okay that's good I think like everyone's like struggled with staying focused during prayers well, yeah. Yeah. if you're yeah. praying 45 minutes you do it every day it becomes something that you can almost just look at the center of the page and you're just reading by memory. and then your mind is just yeah yeah. yeah, you're gone. Yeah, try reading it in Hebrew. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, mm. if there's any excellence, and if there, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's Rav Shaul's take on this particular topic, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, I think that's good counsel. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. To, Thank you for that. To, to Peter's point earlier, um, it's real, actually really encouraging. Um, like when Peter was saying that this is where your animal soul lives, these are things that, that are, for whatever reason, inside you from before you came to repentance or, or whatever. But I've learned that you can take encouragement in that because tacoon takes place in the same way that the damage mm-hmm. took place. So it, it's okay. For every time that I looked lustfully at a woman, I've now got an opportunity. I noticed that there's a woman there, but I'm not going to take a second look. Right there, that creates rectification yep. for for the damage done in the past. Mm-hmm. So, so let that be let that be an encouragement to you guys that whatever way the that damage that those thoughts that invade are there, mm-hmm. that just means you have an opportunity now. To turn away from it, which Amen. is super cool. Amen. And the fact that Adonai sees your strength and knows that you're strong enough to overcome it. Amen. You know, because He wouldn't give it to you if He didn't know you couldn't handle it. Yeah. yeah Sometimes true. I think it's our own anxiety and worry well, that believes that we're we're sink into it and other. But there's no. Our Father knows that we can overcome it. There's no true repentance. Yeah. Unless you're faced with the same yeah. temptation, yeah. And, can and, you, turn away. and you turn away, you don't mm-hmm. fall. Yeah. You're good, gentlemen. Excellent discussion. Outstanding. What? It's in me. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Peter has determined that uh, the rabbi's kaddish can only be prayed in weird circumstances like this, where you've got a minion of men and you've discussed some stuff that's not Torah? It has to be oral Torah. So oral Torah. We actually discussed the oral Torah, so if we didn't, we should just... Well, I think, I think we did a lot of oral Torah. We even talked about the uh, the uh, Pirkei Avot several mm-hmm. times. But did I ever quote it? Yeah, we did. According to yes. Berachot, um, there is... You should... Uh, they discuss why you pray the Shema before the Shemone Esrei. And if you should start the Shema and the Shemone Esrei in the morning and then end the day with the same thing of the, sh- the Shemone Esrei and then the Shema. So in other words, you're cooking in your day with the Shema. And they said it's not the way you do it. And there's a great discussion in the Talmud, uh, in the Mishnah, as to why that's the case. Um, and after some discussion, that's why the order of your sitter 
is the way that it is with the Shema coming first before the Shemoni Esrei. Also, it goes on to talk about how you're always supposed to sit for the Shema and stand for the Shemoni Esrei. Mm-hmm. And that's in Berakot. Sweet. Dude, we should do the Rabbi's Kaddish. <laughs> now that that's been Where's said. Where's looking? Uh, it's right in the beginning. Or two. Let me just put this here. So I can use a normal sitter. Give, uh, give a normal sitter to Joshua too. What page? 52. Right, 52, and we should stand. I thought you would be encouraged, uh, Greg, to know that uh, Jeff, and I don't remember Jeff's last name. Turner. Jeff Turner was here with his family and drove an hour and a half from Columbia. I was standing behind him while we were praying, and he actually was not praying. I looked down, he's got a sitter in his hands, and the guy is not praying. And I realized what the problem was. He's got an Ashkenazi sitter. I mean, he's got a uh, Sephardi sitter. Couldn't, ca- couldn't catch the page numbers. Okay. May his great name grow exalted and sanctified. Amen. Amen. In the world that he created as he will. May he give reign to his kingship in your lifetimes and in your days and in the lifetimes of the entire family of Israel swiftly and soon now respond. Amen. May his great name be blessed forever and ever. May his great name be blessed forever and ever blessed. Praised, glorified, exalted, extolled, mighty, praised, and lauded be the name of the Holy One. Blessed is he. Blessed is he. Beyond any blessing and song, praise and consolation that are uttered in the world now respond. Amen. Upon Israel, upon the teachers, their disciples, and all their disciples, and upon all those who engage in the study of Torah. Who are here or anywhere else, may they and you have abundant peace, grace, kindness, and mercy, long life, ample nourishment, and salvation from before their Father who is in heaven and on earth. And on earth. Mm. Now respond. Amen. May there be abundant peace from heaven and good life upon us and upon Israel, all Israel. Now respond. Amen. Amen. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>